Welcome to the Holy Healthy Mama podcast. I'm Kristen Noriega, your host, a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and fellow Christian mom. I provide moms with practical, uncomplicated solutions so you can feed yourself and your family with confidence and lean into an active lifestyle. I'm on a mission to make health the standard, and I believe it starts in the family with mom at the core. So whether you're filled with holy guacamole, the Holy Spirit, or have no idea what either of those are, I've got you covered, friend. Thanks for listening. Hey, friend. Glad you made it back here to Holy Healthy Mama. This is episode five called Miracles That Have Shaped Me. I'm so excited about this episode. Seriously. Like, I, I'm not an expert in Catholicism or Christianity, but... You know, I am a huge believer, and I know that there are these certain times in our lives where God is, like, directly influencing what's happening and answering our prayer. I mean, he's always, you know, it's his plan, but there's just certain times in life where we can look at them and just know God did that. And so these are the biggest miracles in my life, and I way excited to share them with you so that hopefully you can turn around and look at your life and figure out where you have your miracles and we can both move forward with a little bit of gratitude and awe at what God can do on a day-to-day basis. We'll first start with a moment of encouragement. The great Saint Augustine said, faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. All right, let me repeat that, because if you sneezed, you might have missed it. (laughs) Faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. All right, you get that? You hear what he's saying there? You, You have faith and you believe what you don't see. You know, you can't see God. You can't see all of the Holy Spirit but you believe it's there. And the reward of this is that you're going to see what you believe. You know, you're going to see God's love. You're going to see the miracles. You're going to see amazing things in this world. So that's my take on it. (laughs) So now back to miracles. Now, if you go to catholic.com, a miracle is defined as an extraordinary, sensible effect wrought by God that surpasses the power and order of created nature. So it's beyond the things that can logically be explained. Okay, now let's get to the miracles that have shaped my life because I'm so excited to share them with you. And we have to go through these chronologically because, I don't know, there's no other better way, right? So, long time ago, back in the day, back when I was in high school and I had just got my driver's license, I lost it, and my parents would have killed me. Ma, if you're listening, Pa, if you're listening, yes, I lost my driver's license, and I couldn't find it for days. (laughs) Days. And I finally just said the little prayer to St. Anthony that goes, Tony, Tony, come around. Something's lost and can't be found. I said that. I opened up my desk drawer, and there was my license. And... That was one of the first, first times a prayer had been directly 
answered. And yes, minor. Maybe I looked over my, maybe I had overlooked my license 20 times, but I had scoured every inch of my room, my desk, my car, my purse, my backpack for days. I couldn't find it. And I said that little prayer. I opened up my desk drawer and there it is. Maybe it was there, maybe it wasn't, but God had me look there right after I said that prayer. Or St. Anthony interceded. Interceded? Yeah. Intercessed? Interceded. St. Anthony went and told God, hey, let's give this girl a nudge in the right direction. So, thanks St. Anthony. Thank you, God, for that first miracle back in high school. Yeah, that was one of the first times. Moving to the next one. And to caveat this a little bit, before high school... I didn't really feel like I was super into faith and religion. I didn't really have a good, solid interest, I guess I would say, in it. I mean, yeah, I went to catechism and church, but it wasn't something that I felt like I was taking ownership of. And then in high school, I stumbled upon the right friend. I love you, Emily. And she helped me get excited about my faith. So having this little miracle was like really exciting for me. And then this next one, I was sitting in the parking lot of a KFC and I was sitting in my said car with my license and feeling really cool. But I was on my way to church. I was on my way to catechism. It was a Wednesday night. It had been after cheerleading practice, to be real here. And I got dinner, and I was trying to get myself over to church, and my car would not start, and it wouldn't start, and it wouldn't start, and I was crying, and I was upset, and I was probably having a terrible week, because it was high school, and girls are mean, and that's how it goes, and I just remember hitting the steering wheel and saying, God, please, I just want to get to church. That's all I need right now. I just want to get to church. I want to go to catechism. I want to be there with you. And then, knock, knock, knock. There's this crazy looking biker dude knocking on my window. And he says, hey, are you having a problem? I'm like, yeah, my car won't start. So he says, pop the hood. Let me look. So I pop it. He walks around to the front. He comes back. He says, go ahead and start it. I start it. And I say, oh my gosh, thank you so much. There we go. It's perfect. And I like looked down at my keys and I looked back at him and he was gone. And I turn around and I look behind me and I don't see him. And I, he's not next to me in that car, not to the right, not to the left. He's nowhere around. And it struck me immediately. I think that guy was my guardian angel. I think God just sent me my guardian angel to come start my car and my guardian angel is awesome because he wears a leather jacket and has tattoos and wears jeans and can fix cars (laughs) now call that a coincidence if you'd like call it um i don't know luck i'm gonna call it a miracle because i had prayed to god and he answered he sent somebody to fix my car oh this is so exciting Okay, so that was high school. Those were two major miracles. I go to college, college life. I'm a real person. I'm not a saint. Um, By the end of it, though, 2012 is when I was graduating. And 
Oh, it started off terribly. I'm going to do a different episode on that. I don't want to get into the bad stuff right now. But I was headed to dental school. I had been on the dental school route for years. Years and years. Like all of high school and college. And I was good. I was a dental assistant. I could take x-rays. I had fantastic grades. And this was where my life was going. And I was proud of it. Until, you know, the end of my college came around and it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like I was living my life. I felt like I was living somebody else's life and I was already engaged to my soon-to-be husband at the time and I remember I just started talking to him and telling him like I don't feel good about this. I don't feel like going to dental school is the right time. I feel like I'm pressured into it. I've locked myself into this and I don't know what to do. You know, who turns down a spot at dental school? You know, I was like two or three weeks out from going to dental school and you know, his just talking to me like, well, I don't know, you can do it, you're amazing, you can do whatever you want to do, and another factor at play was that I, despite how much him and I tried to make it work where we were going to be going to the next state together, because he was going active duty army, I was going to dental school, we tried and tried and tried over the last year, and it ended up where he was going to be in Kansas, I was going to be in South Carolina, and there was not a darn thing we could do about it. Neither of us, on either end. And it didn't feel right. I didn't feel like I was supposed to be without him. Much to the dismay, again, of (laughs) my parents. (laughs) So, anyhow, we go to church. And the priest, his homily, I couldn't tell you what the readings were, or I don't know. But his homily stuck with me. And he was talking about this chicken. This chicken who lived his whole life believing he was chicken. Doing a chi- doing chicken things. You know, balking like a chicken. Eating seeds off the ground or whatever chickens do with their chicken tendencies. Until somebody someday showed him in the mirror that he was actually a swan. And now this animal had to make this really tough decision of, does he stay a chicken? And does he do the things he's always done because those are familiar to him? Or does he take this brand new opportunity that's been presented to him and live his life as a beautiful swan, doing what God actually intended for him to be doing? So I left church that day thinking, Well, do I want to be a chicken or do I want to be a swan? And I sound like a crazy person thinking that going to dental school was chickening out on life. But that's how I felt. And I wanted to be a swan and I wanted to live a beautiful life and feel great about my life. And that homily was a miracle in my life. It saved me from going down a road that I wasn't supposed to be on. It wouldn't have been a bad road. But it would have been the wrong road for me. I would have been a dentist. I would not have been a dietitian. 
God knows what I would be doing if I had gone down that road, but he spoke through the priest that day at church, and here I am, a beautiful swan. <laughs> oh my goodness. The miracles in my life just kind of make me tear up when I really start to think about them. So, moving to another miracle. So I just mentioned 2012 started off terribly, and then I had this life-changing miracle happen where everything switched. I didn't go to dental school. I ended up marrying my husband, and then around that same time, my stepmom, my ma, was diagnosed with cancer, and I don't, I don't know how to say it enough that her surviving the surgery and chemo was just an amazing miracle. I mean, if you ever need to feel a real miracle, talk to someone who has survived cancer because that's the scariest time in their lives. And I seriously don't know how she did it. I don't know how anybody could do it. It has to be, it, it's painful, it's terrifying, it's the unknown. And if there was ever a point to, I mean, shoot, lose lose yourself, that would be it. But my ma came out of it and she's healthy and I just thank God for modern medicine, bringing her body back from a place of disease into a place of health and that's one of the best miracles. So flash forward several years and we're going to talk about the miracle of life. My husband and I had been married for several years, and I was so ready to have kids, and he was not so sure that it was the right time, and I prayed about it, and he prayed about it, and we prayed about it together, and it was Pentecost Sunday when this miracle struck our family, and I, it's kind of crazy. What's Pentecost Sunday? Pentecost is something that we celebrate in the Catholic Church, or I guess probably all Christianity. Well, I'm not the expert here. <laughs> Just sharing my story. But it's when the Holy Spirit came to the apostles. It was 50 days after Jesus had died, and the apostles were gathered in a room celebrating the ancient Jewish festival of you know, Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit came down and filled all the apostles with different languages and they went out and then spread God's word in different languages and so on Pentecost Sunday annually we celebrate this uh, in the Catholic Church we're wearing red and the whole idea is the Holy Spirit is coming and is here okay so my husband and I are having this gentle disagreement about whether it's the right time to have a baby or not. And he says, how do you know that it's the right time? How can you be so sure that God is telling you that it's, we're ready for this? And I said, I just feel it in my heart. And he's like, well, I don't. I don't feel it yet. I don't know how to, I don't know what it's going to make me know that it's the right time. Is God just going to tell me? And then his nose started bleeding. We were just sitting there on the bed having this conversation. 
and Tony's nose started bleeding. And he wipes it and looks at his hand and goes, well, perhaps that is my sign. Nine to ten months later, our beautiful baby boy was born, and that kid's here to change the world. Ah, thank you. But God, you know, it was the right time. That boy was supposed to come to this world. And that is one of the best miracles. Sheesh. Now, my other kids are miracles too. But um, birth stories will hopefully be another episode down the road. Because those are some of my favorite stories. And I love to hear the podcast about those. So maybe someday I'll share those. Right now, let's move on to some different miracles in my life. These are, I'm not going to go into depth on these because these are some things that have just been career defining for me, such as um, when we moved to our current duty station, I was like 35 weeks pregnant outside talking to a neighbor for the first time and she's in scrubs and I say, oh, what do you do? She's like, I'm a nurse. What do you do? I said, I'm a dietitian. She goes, Oh, we're looking for one. Do you need a job? Boom. Small miracle right there. Or when I was doing my dietetic internship and all of a sudden the WIC that I was working at had received this multi-million dollar grant and needed a grant coordinator. (laughs) Things like that. I would call that a small miracle. You know, maybe it's not the textbook definition, but those are the things that I think are just meant to be and if there's something meant to be an unexplainable coincidence that you could have never expected or seen coming why not call it a small miracle (laughs) and you know I went to an obesity workshop this last year the beginning of last year and I was not excited about it but what came out of it was I found this organization that was working to improve the health and wellness of the region I ended up getting a part-time gig with them that was work from home. And out of that, we formed a 501c3 that is now going to be making long-term changes to reduce hunger in the region. I would have, had I not taken a chance and gone to that obesity workshop that I really wasn't super interested in, this nonprofit that's going to change this region change this area might not have ever happened and that's a small miracle and if we want to talk even smaller just look at the way my kids interact with each other and no I don't mean like they're terribly behaved and having a good day and that's a miracle I mean look at the way that God has just formed these little beings who can share this life together, smile with each other, and laugh at each other. Oh my gosh, there's so many miracles. And I just, I thank you for listening to my miracles, because I hope that this will inspire you to look at your life and find your miracles. Look back at the points that have been defining for you, the things that you cannot explain what are they? Open up your phone, open up the notes app, and jot those down so that in the future, if you're having a bad day, 
or if you're doubting your faith, or if you're questioning if God exists, or questioning why you're in despair, open your notes and look at the miracles that God has done in your life, the way he's acted upon your life and answered your prayers. What has he done to help you get to today? And if he's already done that, imagine what's going to happen in the future for you, for your family, and for your kids. Okay, moving into the final segment, today's food trends. I um, have my kids running around on the other side of the house with walkie-talkies, and my house is not big enough to try and drown out all the noise. But here we go anyway. We're moving ahead with miracles, and I'm going to just smile and pretend that I can't hear them and pretend that you can't either. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the miracle of baking in this segment, and if you look at a cake in the oven through the eyes of your child, it is a miracle. This article that I'm going to read you is taken from theguardian.com, and it's called The Science of Cake by Andy Connolly, and I just pulled out the most uh, relevant parts here. There are few better things than sitting in a kitchen as it fills with the smell of baking, letting the warm smells emanate from the oven and envelop you. The smell of warm butter, the slightly sulfury smell of the eggs as they coagulate, the dark caramelizing smell of the browning reactions, and if you get distracted, the acrid smell of burning. Baking can be broken into three stages. Expansion, setting, and browning. As the batter temperature rises, the gases in the air cells expand the stretchy gluten from the flour. Then the chemical leavening agents release carbon dioxide. As the batter reaches 60 degrees Celsius, water vapor begins to form and expand the air cells even further. Carbon dioxide and water vapor account for approximately 90% of the subsequent expansion of the batter, the remaining 10% being due to thermal expansion. At around 80 degrees Celsius, the risen batter adopts its permanent shape as the egg proteins coagulate. The starch granules absorb water, swell, and form a gel, and the gluten loses its elasticity. The texture produced at this point is then held until the cake is set by the coagulation of the egg and flour proteins, producing the familiar porous structure of the cake crumb. Finally, flavor-enhancing browning reactions take place on the now-dried surface. It is at this point you have to decide whether the cake is ready, one of the most critical points in the whole process. The cake will slightly shrink away from the walls of the tin and the crust will spring back when touched with a finger. Because the batter has coagulated, a wire or thin knife poked into the cake should come back clean. After removing the cake from the oven, let it stand for about 10 minutes, then loosen and turn out gently onto a wire rack to cool. Avoid excessive handling while hot. So that's a lot of words to say you put your cake in the oven it rose it cooked and you pulled it back out and put it on a rack to cool down it's amazing the way 
these ingredients react together. Some different parts that you would never eat by themselves. You, well, you might eat raw egg, but like raw flour, raw egg, raw sugar, baking soda, all those things combined together, mixed up in just the right amount, just the right way. And then you put it in the oven and magic happens. A miracle happens and out comes a delicious cake. So the next time you bake a cake, just enjoy your delicious miracle and think of Holy Healthy Mama podcast. <laughs> all right. So that's all we've got for today. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. I would love it if you left me a review. I would love it if you subscribed. I'd love it if you headed over to Instagram and followed me. And um, just keep listening. I'll be back weekly with episodes. Have a good one. All right. Thanks for listening to Holy Healthy Mama. If you loved the show, please leave me a five-star review. It will help with the show's visibility, initial and long-term success, and it will make my heart happy. All right, family. Love your babies. Say your prayers and eat your greens.